World, what's up? What is up, world? My guest today is Karen Newman, producer and all-round workaholic. She works really hard to get her productions up and running. Uh, and I'll be chatting to her in just a second. But first, a few words from our sponsors, Endless Fugitive, who make amazing casual wear that not only looks good, but feels good too. And if you use the promo code World What's Up, that's World What's Up, you can get a 10% discount. So check it out. Hello, Karen. Hey, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Not too bad. You're looking well, looking well. I'm loving the, the pictures on the wall behind you. Who have we got on there? Oh, right. So my grandfather used to work at Elstree Film Studios a long time ago. And my nan was obsessed with all the glamour of Hollywood. So he used to get signed pictures of the stars when they would come in. So I've got Elizabeth Taylor, Ingrid Bergman, um, loads of loads of them up there. And they're all they're all signed to my nan, Hilda, which is really sweet. That's fantastic. Go on, they yeah, must believe be you or not. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Um, my nan tried to get rid of them all when my granddad died um, for some strange reason. And my dad found them in a skip. So we rescued as many as we could. Wow. In a skeleton. <laughs> I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, like, I always like to start off the interview with just finding out a little bit about your life growing up, where you grew up and um, what you wanted to be when you were a, a young girl. <laughs> um, so I grew up in Hertfordshire in St Albans. And um, probably quite a common theme with a lot of producers, I wanted to be an actor. And I was for a while. I went to drama school, didn't want to go to university. You know, no, I want to go to drama school. Finally did. Um, spent three years at Mountview. Um, did a bit. Yeah, I did a bit of acting for a bit. Um, but I, I don't know. It was I kind of got fed up with being at the bottom of everybody's shoe. You know, you're not treated that well as an actor when you start out, especially back when I started. And I started to want things like to be able to pay my bills and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny that. So, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird when you kind of grow up and realise that things have to be paid for. Um, so I kind of gravitated away from it and worked in the city for a while doing like big um, sort of corporate events and just kind of, yeah, moved away. And every time my agent would phone for an audition, I'd be like, oh, God, you know, I've got, I've got, there's only so many dentist appointments I could have and only so many, you know, grandmas, rest in peace, that I can kill off. So I just just fell out of love with it. And some friends of mine one day were making a short film and they were like, can you come and help us? And I was like, yeah, I'll make the tea. I don't, you know, whatever. And I kind of rocked up and ended up producing it without really knowing what a producer did, to be honest, but really kind of enjoying myself and learning as I went. And that was it, really. That was the start of start of producing. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was a really long-winded um, answer to your question. <laughs> so you grew up in some orbs were like, was it any siblings? Was it? No, no, it's just me. Oh, right. So, so you, uh, it's so weird. Like I've spoken to a few producers now, and it always seems to be the case that it's just something that you fall into. You're doing something else, and then yeah. uh, you uh, drift into that. Like the same when I interviewed Rob um, a few weeks ago. And he he was exactly the same. He he, he was producing before he realised he, he was producing, and he explained a bit about what a producer was because there are so many different types of producers. He was yeah. he he explained that that like sometimes you get a producing credit just because you you you've thrown a few bob in and stuff like that. Yeah, there's there oh god, there's lots of 
um, yeah, bad feeling about producer credits being just handed out willy nilly and all that stuff. I, th- I think the main thing is nobody really knows what a producer does. So when you find yourself producing, you sort of go, oh, that's what it's all about then. <laughs> <laughs> you and Jane, you've you've worked together on a few projects now. This is Jane Gull, who's the director of uh, Love Without Walls. How did you two meet? Oh, God, it's such a romantic story. <laughs> um, we were both invited to a party about, oh, God, six six years ago now, I think. Um, we didn't know each other. I didn't want to go. I did, it was another. It was a networking party, and I was like, oh, God, I can't be bothered. So I was complaining, and my husband said, look, just go, speak to one person, have one drink, come home. I was like, oh, okay, fine. Well, unbeknown to me, um, Jane's husband, Lewis, had said the same thing to her. She didn't want to go. And he said, go to the party, speak to one person, have one drink. And we were each other's one person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's a lot more than one drink. <laughs> <laughs> so how many projects have you worked on together now? Well, actually, we've only we've only actually worked on Love Without Walls. We had a project um, in development that came quite close to um, going into pre-production, but then COVID hit. So we kind of parked that for a little while, went back and redeveloped the script. We did a music video um, a few months before Love Without Walls, just as a kind of teaser to, to the film. But actually, it's only been those two things that we've actually worked on, although everybody does seem to feel that we've been working together for a long time. So I'm hoping that's a good omen and not a bad one. Yeah, it feels as though like you have a very, really good synergy and working relationship. Now, yeah, t- no, we t- do. T- it, it's quite interesting now because it's like a little trilogy now because I've uh, interviewed Nile, I've interviewed Jane, and now you. Like it's like this holy trilogy. Yeah, of uh, <laughs> love without walls. It's like you do you think you think I'd be getting a back or something. Um, yeah, but, really. Uh, Anybody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, so tell us how it's going. Uh, how is it going getting the film out there in the world? Yeah, no, it's good. We're premiering at Manchester Film Festival on the 12th of March at 5.45. Um, so that's our big kind of launch. And following that, we're going to do a cinema release with um, independent cinemas, probably around the June time. And then we've got a UK distributor uh, lined up. And I can't name them just yet because I haven't signed the contract. But we've got a great one lined up for the home entertainment release. And that'll be the UK. And hopefully with really good press, because it's a brilliant film, I've no doubt that it's going to get good reviews. Then that'll strengthen it for the European territories and the rest of the world. Brilliant. So as a producer, what would you say is the, the most important thing? The most important thing? Hmm. Um, alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's anything, anyone in the arts, most important thing. All right, let's go second most important thing, shall we? Okay, second most important thing. Um, I think it's 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 keeping a level head and not getting wrapped up in that whole kind of rejection cycle of pitching a project, getting told no, and just feeling like you know utter crap. Um, and try and and keeping going really because you have to be quite resilient. It producers everybody thinks producers like earn lots of money. They're the ones with all the funds. Um, they sit smoking big fat cigars and rock up at Cannes, you know, on boats. Well, the truth is that most of us don't even get paid for the work that we do, and quite often we're putting our own funds into a project or deferring our fee. So I think it's just having that resilience and determination to keep going when you just want to fall on the floor and cry. <laughs> Oh, that and hair dyes. Yeah, the grey hairs, you know. <laughs> so what was, the, what was the first project you worked on? A really dodgy short film, which will never be named and never seen. <laughs> <It was> so- 
<laughs> yeah, it was that bad. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then um, following that, I I worked on a short film with a director, Rebecca Fortune, who um, we worked together on, on our first feature film together. So that was just Charlie. And then um, both of us actually went back and kind of did sort of short films before carrying on. So I made a series of, of you know, quite good short films just to kind of feel, um, I don't know, to feel like I knew what I was doing. I think a lot of producers start making shorts, but I seemed to launch straight into making a feature and I just felt like I'd done it backwards. So I kind of reversed it and started making shorts, which was a great experience, but I don't really want to move in that direction anymore. I want to go into features. Right. So you think that sort of like helped you find your feet a little bit and give you a bit yeah, more grounding? Yeah, and, and contacts as well and, and testing out, you know, crew and directors and different writers. I think that was a good experience. And how, obviously it's important, but where would you say it comes in the, in the list of things of the relationship that you have with the director? It's really important. It's really important. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's like a marriage. In fact, it's worse than a marriage because a marriage you can actually divorce and never see the person again. Um, but with a film, you you're kind of stuck. You are stuck legally with that person for forever. So you really you really have to get on. And if you don't get on, you have to kind of work out an exit strategy that's not that's not acrimonious because it can be hell. Are you talking from experience there? Yes. <laughs> we won't go down that road. Really. No, we won't go down that road. <laughs> so what would, like, say there was somebody who wanted to get into producing, what would you say would be the key things that they would need to, to know and uh, learn? Um, well, I learned doing. So I know a lot of people go to film school and learn how to, you know, hold a camera and do, you know, explore all those different avenues. Um, I just started, I just, started doing it so I've I'm always a big believer in if you want to do it just start doing it just make that short film you know it can be three minutes long just just do it just work out what it make you know what, what you need to do put a budget together work out where the money's going um work out what order you're shooting your scenes in and get a group of people together and do it I think there's you know you can wait forever for the right time you can say that you must do x you know however many courses but at the end of the day you don't it's like driving you don't really learn how to drive properly until you're actually out there on the M25 do you know what I mean it's like you just you just have to do it in my opinion anyway yeah well it would work for you right (laughs) well hopefully (laughs) (laughs) okay so if you could be what would your ultimate dream project be if you could be producing anything what would you do? Oh my God, there's a question. Um, I really want to do um, a really good horror film, like not a slasher film. I, you know, I want to do something that's really clever, um, you know, elevated horror and all that, you know, all those descriptions, but a really, a really good scary horror film that everybody's like, Jesus Christ, that was terrifying. Um, so far, not found any scripts or any anything that kind of even comes close. I think horror is really hard to do, really hard to do it well. Is. Yeah, people do. It's so hard to do it really well and really cleverly. Mm. Yeah, there's no there's no original horror ideas, really. When you think about all the horror films that have been made, they're all regurgitated versions of different films. But, yeah, now that's it. You, well, you did ask for the dream project, so there you go. That was the pie in the sky, if it ever exists, kind of project. So, so you're, a big, you're a big horror fan, are you? I am, yeah. I do like horror films, yeah. Very See, much. Well, some of the other way, I I prefer 
I could, I think life is so scary <laughs> as it is. I don't really want to be scaring myself when I'm trying to imitate. Like, I'm going to be having a laugh or, or an adventure taking on a journey rather than being terrified. I did have a little spell when I was younger, but yeah, like my daughter's a complete opposite. She loves them. Yeah, she can't get off of a, of a good horror film. So like, if you could now, uh, with the, the experiences you've had uh, working in and around the film industry, go back and have a word with your younger self, what would you say? Get a law degree. <laughs> <laughs> is, no, that, is that something that ever crossed your mind to do? No, to be no, to be honest, it didn't until I started having to read contracts and you know negotiate and do sort of cast and crew contracts and negotiate with agents. So I yeah, I could it's very handy if you um have a law brain really which which i don't so yeah I, i'd tell my younger self to sort to sort that out <laughs> so how does that um, work think... then the, when you have some like you just obviously just going to get someone to check it out for you yeah no i mean you you hire lawyers and you work with lawyers it's it's fine you don't have to do everything yourself but i just think having the confidence when you read something to kind of know what's in it and what's wrong and what's right and what you want to do would be <laughs> enormously helpful um i think telling my younger self really to to not give up, to not like on those moments when I'm feeling like the world's ended because the project's not going very well or something's happened, just to kind of take a breath and go, it, it's okay. The, the film, it's not rocket science. It's not brain surgery. No one's, you know, thankfully no one's dying. It's it's just a film and just to kind of be calm because I do find sometimes it, it can be because I'm on my own as well. So it can be quite stressful and quite lonely. So, yeah. So do most projects have a few producers? Does that make it easier? Yeah, not always. I mean, it depends on the size of the project. The bigger the budget, you normally have more than one producer because the money's come from different places. So that's that's great. And sometimes a lot of production companies, um, people work together because it's, it is. It's lonely. You have nobody to bounce ideas off of. So at the moment, I'm independent. I'm I'm by myself. But in the future, as, I, as my company grows, I'd like to have more people involved. All right. Okay. You came into what you were saying earlier about like your your uh, stint as an actress and it said people weren't that nice to you. What did you mean by that? Um, there was a lot of so what do you do then? Oh, I'm an actor. Oh, have you been in anything I would have seen? Have you been in EastEnders? <laughs> over over again. And you think, you know, is that how you wanted to success? Is it whether you pop up, you know, in the old Vic. It's just, it, it was annoying. And you were always judged on what, what you were doing at the time. And quite a lot of time when people ask actors that question, they're not working. So it's it's that, it's just feeling demoralised all the time of having to justify your existence. You, you're an actor, but you're not acting. What are you doing? Are you working in an accountancy firm as a receptionist? Well, yes, that is what I'm doing. Well, that's what you do then. No, I'm an actor. And that constant struggle of like trying to have your own identity is tiring. <laughs> God, it's so it's so uh, interesting you said that. Like a friend said something very similar that to what you were just talking about to me there, which got, sort of like blew my mind a little bit. And you thought, blimey, and I've known this guy for years, and I thought they 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 just can't get your head around it because you have to do other things to make a living. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think, well, that that's that can't be what you do or what you are. And when when it's what you do live for. And you you would do it every day if you could. For people not to understand and accept that is is quite um, difficult, especially like when it's somebody you've known a long time. You think they'll they'll understand that, but they in the end 
they they just don't get it. It's really strange. They don't get it. Yeah. It's not it's not a nine to five job either. It's you know it's it's not conventional. You're not bringing in a salary, a regular salary. It's all kind of unpredictable. A lot of people are kind of jealous of the lifestyle that they think you have, like the freedom to do what you want and to you know go on holiday when you want. But it's it's not like that. The times that you book a holiday are the times that you get that casting. You know, oh. it's, it's sod's law. Oh, well, <laughs> As you were it, it's so. <laughs> It's so true, like, uh, I was in, I, was aware, I think I was up in Edinburgh, and then I got a thing for EastEnders, and they said you didn't even have to audition. I, I, I said, no way I'm going to get back in time for that. And even just the other day, um, I'm going away next week, and then I got a, a pencil for a commercial. And it was like, it was, it was, <laughs> it was like literally 30 seconds of, uh, um recording it and I thought all right I'll I'll send that off to that because it was just facial expression. I go, yeah, then you got a recall. I thought, flipping now. Every time. <laughs> every time. Yeah. So do you do you miss acting? Would you ever consider acting again? Um I don't miss it. Um I only deleted my spotlight last year when it finally expired. I was paying paying by direct debit so the direct debit reached its end and I I finally cancelled it and I haven't I haven't acted professionally for the seven eight years so it took a while for me to say goodbye to it um but no I I do I miss it I think I miss theatre more than I miss film actually I always enjoy, I always really loved the live buzz of being in the theatre and yeah the audience and everything but no, I've I've been in my own films. You know, I had a small part in my first feature, and I hated it. It was the worst day on the set. So I think at that point, I realised that I'd made the right decision, moving away from it. And you obviously love what you're doing now, right? Yeah, no, it's it's much better. It's it's more varied. It's you know, there's a bit of everything in there. It's as I said, it's like legal and business side. Then you've got creative, and you've got actually making something, and then you know, doing all the kind of marketing for it. It's quite it's quite varied, and I think I enjoy because I get bored easily. I get I'm one of those people that has to constantly be doing something different. Otherwise, I get really. That's why I can't I can't work in an office in a nine to five job. I get really frustrated. So it actually suits me to be able to do bits of everything. Yeah, because. Uh... I get the impression you you like taking on loads of different things and trying different things. Would you ever think about branching out maybe into like either writing something or directing something yourself? Um, no, not really. I've been, lots of people have asked me that before because I know a lot of producers also direct and a lot of directors produce. Um, no, I I I had never thought of it. Now I'm thinking of it. <laughs> she just it. You could write that horror uh, film, right? <laughs> well, I have, I have ideas and I am searching for like, you know, an, ideas. But I, I would need a writer to help bring that to life, I think. I wouldn't trust that. I, I read a lot of bad scripts, so I know what I'd probably end up writing would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you're that oh, directing? No, just I, I prefer producing. I prefer supporting the director and, you know, supporting their vision. Okay. Never say never. You know, if we do this podcast in a couple of years again, then maybe you'll be talking to me about my first directorial debut. <laughs> yeah, because you never know. And that leads me on to, an, on to another question. Where where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? What would you ultimately like to be doing? Oh, that's a horrible question. That's what they ask <laughs> me in job interviews. <laughs> um okay 10 years time crikey I'm not gonna tell you how old I'm in 10 years time um I think 
I'd like my company to have grown. So I'd like to, you know, not just be myself, to have other people involved, other people employed. So we'd be developing um, more than like two or three projects at a time, different producers working with me and for me. I'd like to branch into television. I'd like to have a television sort of side to the business. Um, and I'd also quite, I'm also quite interested in sales and distribution. And I think a lot of companies at the moment are tag teaming with a distributor or a sales agent and kind of forming another entity, um, so that they make films and get them sold to the market almost in one go. So that, that's interesting. If I had, you know, if you could wave a magic wand and money was no object and I could do anything I wanted, I think that's how I think my company would look in 10 years. Because again, it is all about the money. How do you find, how do you, go about raising funds and people are always interested to find out how different people like i don't know um if you've listened to uh jack's interview and he he literally raised funds for his feature by um developing a really successful hot tub business which paid for his first feature film it's, if you get a chance to listen to that interview it's fantastic he's but he's just like a master at raising money how do you go about doing that um oh god it's it's you know it's the hardest thing it, it's really I mean people say there's money everywhere but that you know I'm, I'm yet to see it grow on trees it's it's hard work it's contacts it's networking it's you know building up those relationships and then putting you know there's tax credits and then there's other things that you have there anyway that are in place um so you build your budget around those things um private investment is private equity is a lot of my films are um, made with private equity i've never been able to get any public funding from um the bfi or, or anywhere like that so it is a lot harder um and i think going forward it's, it's becoming harder it, you know financiers are being well there's they're scared to put money into projects unless they know they're commercial and they know they're going to sell so it's getting harder and harder for the indie you know the independent producer to get a project together especially for drama. Drama seems people don't want drama anymore. Um, it's the one thing I was reading an article in Screen International today that that sales agents and the industry are basically saying no more drama because it's just so hard to sell, um, which is... What do they want to know, do instead? They want high concept. They want action. They want anything that's really commercial. I hate the word commercial, but essentially, you know, star-studded, easy to sell, simple concepts that they know exactly what the audience is for. I think drama, I mean, drama is not a genre in itself, but I think the fear with drama is it, you know, it can be, it can be a bit too depressing. It can be, you know, social, social issue based and that's not popular at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I answered your question about funding. I think I nicely <laughs> kind of avoided that one, um, but no, it, it's hard, you know, and it's, I, I get it a lot from private equity, but I need to, move up and get more money from public funders i think so do you think it's all of the companies are moving that way like you like your your streaming sites like your netflixes and your amazons they're going that way as well away from drama i think so by what i'm seeing you know on my own like i turn my own um netflix algorithm is a bit strange but yeah i i, I don't see a lot of drama coming my way it's all kind of like terrible they're terrible films like really awfully you know badly made films that are getting financed because they've got I don't know a, a superstar in it or you know a really um, respected director and they that's it they can get the financing it's, it's a strange you know it's a strange business model yeah because there have been some really awful films we've made yeah. when there's so much great stuff that could be out there you think it is all about being able to find the money and knowing how to do it and I think there's a formula to that 
it always starts with the script and that's not a cliche it's true you know the script is really really good it's going to open a lot more doors you still have to get the network and the contacts for people to read the script in the first place but you have to have a good script and then elements are attached to cast you know director etc to kind of build build the profile of the project and then it's you know getting a sales agent to kind of back it and say yes you know this is this is commercial enough we can sell it and then it's easier to get the money it's a bit chicken and egg though because a lot of financiers are like well who's selling it and you're like okay well nobody at the moment and the sales agents are like who's financing it and you're like well they want you to say that they're selling it before they put their money in and you go around in circles like that hoping that somebody takes a chance and jumps in the hole first (laughs) It, it is very challenging, isn't it? Why would anybody want to do that, Joe? I can't see why. I, I don't know, actually. You know, maybe I should tell my younger self to literally do something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, final question. Um, I know you've got, still got a lot of work to do with uh, Love About Wars. What have you got lined up? Anything lined up uh, after? Yeah. Yeah, a few things, actually. So Jane and I have got a couple of projects we're working on. Um, The one that fell apart over COVID, we've revisited and we're revamping and repackaging, which is cool. And um, she's also written a really good Christmas film. Um, So we're looking at kind of we're playing around with that at the moment. Christmas movie. Yeah, Christmas film. Yeah, Yeah, no, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still looking for my horror. (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a couple of early stage development projects I'm kind of involved in really really early stage which is kind of exciting and I've got like I've got I'm I'm looking to my left because I've got my list of things I'm working on there's a book I'm after optioning at the moment I'm just going through it and working out if it's commercial enough um, before I make an offer to the writer so there's lots of stuff coming up when Love Without Walls has flown the nest there's lots to be looking forward to it is exciting and uh, I'm, I'm 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 going to come up uh, to Manchester. Yay! Yay! I thought, okay. <laughs> I, I thought, okay, it'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? I, funny enough, I'm, I, I'm, I say I'm going away, I'm going to the States for a bit, but I'm coming up a couple, couple of days beforehand and I'm going to uh, head up there. So I look forward to seeing you there. Listen, oh, Karen, you. it's been lovely speaking to you. Th- I know you're mad busy, so thanks for sparing the time to chat with us. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, as I say, um, I suppose I was chatting with Jane about like your work ethic is uh, incomparable. So anyone who works as hard as you deserves everything you get. And I'm sure you will get it. Thanks for spending the, this time with us and uh, look forward to seeing you in Manchester. Thank you. See you Manchester. I really enjoyed that chat with Karen and I hope you did too. Love Without Walls will be premiering at the Manchester Film Festival on the 12th of March and then it'll be in the cinema near you. So please check it out. It is a beautiful film. And I'll see you next time. Bye bye.